you know what? Somebody's not doing their assignment when it comes to making sure classified documents are returned uh, to us, the owners, federal government, you and I collectively. They're taking them home. And Donald Trump, uh, uh, he made claim. He made claim when he was caught because he basically came knocking on his door. The FBI, the Department of Justice, saying, look, we, we asked you politely a few times to give it back. He didn't. Donald Trump said, well, look, everybody does it. And we laughed about it. He said, no, this guy just got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. Then Joe Biden got caught doing it. And now today, Mike Pence also caught with classified documents at his residence. I want to know how this keeps happening. Who's in charge of this. And you know what? To have some of that conversation, reach out to a friend. Dakota Rudisell is an assistant professor of law at Ohio State University, an expert in national security law and policy, joining us yet again here on KFGO. Dakota, welcome back, my friend. How are you? Great to be here. Uh, how how does this keep happening that uh, we have former presidents and now vice presidents uh, turning up with classified documents in their possession? Yeah, it's a reasonable question, and everybody should be asking that question. Uh, you know, the answer, I would say, as somebody who served in government in Congress and executive branch and the courts, you know, and worked with senior leaders, is that um, senior leaders um, tend to be less careful about, um, about, uh, uh, about classified documents um, for a couple of reasons. One is that I think a lot of them think that, well, they have staff members um, who are going to, you know, make sure everything that's filed away. Staff members have the responsibility for that, you know, because the staff members are supporting them in so many other ways, you know, drafting up materials for them, you know, planning their schedules. You know, when you're at the White House level, you know, everything, you know, all your dry cleaning is taken care of. They wash your clothes, everything, you know. And I think the second reason is, is because people at those senior levels are so busy. They're just, you know, every day is a flat sprint. And, um, you know, so it's just, care. you know, you do anything too fast, you get careless. And then I think the third thing, too, is, is just kind of this intermingling that happens with the personal and the professional lives. And again, it's, especially for those people at the very senior levels in the White House where, you know, you live where you work. Um, you know, that's the president who lives at the at the at, at the White House, and the vice president lives up at the Naval Observatory in D.C. And you know, they live there, they work there. Um, so that's kind of how this stuff happens. That's not to excuse it at all, but I think that that's why it happens. You know, of the three that you gave me, you know, staff, busy life, but the the intermixing of personal and professional lives, I think, is what probably concerns people the most. You know, because you're gonna. See, as this plays out, this was thrown out at Donald Trump. You know, what's he personally taking these documents for? Is he selling them? Is it, uh, to, you know, basically have this as uh, leverage? And then on the Joe Biden side, it's, well, okay, uh, what were him and Hunter Biden doing with this? And that, whether we create it in our own minds and narratives, carries a lot of weight here. And when Donald Trump said, well, look, everybody does this, we laughed about it. And now we've got two more examples. Was Donald Trump in part right? I think he was like 10% right. <laughs> I think what he's right about is that uh, senior officials are not careful enough and uh, need to be more careful. And we just need to have better processes, both when they're serving in government and then also in the hectic days when they leave office and things are just, you know, boxed up 
and you know things are tossed and talked you know tossed in boxes. That that's the ten percent that Donald Trump is right. Where Donald Trump is wrong, and he's grievously wrong, and there's a massive distinction between Donald Trump on the one hand and between President Biden and former Vice President Pence on the other hand, is that the evidence is overwhelming that Trump knew that he had highly classified materials down at at Mar-a-Lago. And the record is deep and thick that he resisted over and over and over the efforts of the federal government to recover the document. And this played out over a year and a half. And it got to the point where, you know, even the National Archives had asked for them. The Justice Department had sent the chief of the National Security Division to talk to Trump's people and visit Mar-a-Lago. And still, they were resisting, denying, all this stuff. Then they go get a subpoena. And even with a court subpoena, they don't turn over everything. And then they get a search warrant. And they find even, you know, and then meanwhile, you know, Trump is making wild allegations of conspiracy. He makes this ridiculous claim that he, you know, declassified all this stuff by walking it from one room to another. Totally different than Biden and Pence, who... You know, when their lawyers found things, immediately turned them back over to the National Archives. And, you know, uh, best we know, Biden and Pence both have responded, you know, to every request from the Justice Department. So completely different cases in that respect. And that's why I think Trump could still face uh, criminal liability where I don't think that Biden or Pence will. Well, and I think it's important to have that distinction. And when... uh... When it was revealed that Joe Biden had classified documents after he was very critical of uh, former President Trump, you should have seen uh, the people mm-hmm. that were waiting to pounce on me at 2 o'clock saying, see, Trump was right, everyone does it. And I had to make that distinction as well as far as uh, the response to it from these individuals, be it former and current president, former vice president. Um, there, there's a couple of questions that I've, I've got on the – Maybe the, it's the archive side. Maybe it's the, the Department of I'm not sure exactly who it falls onto, but it seems to me that somebody that's supposed to know where these documents or an agency that's supposed to have containment of these isn't doing a good job. Am I oversimplifying it by asking that? Um, no, I think you're asking the right question. I don't think I would uh, point the finger at the National Archives. Because okay. the National Archives is, under the law, the National Archives is the entity that is to receive uh, presidential and vice presidential documents. Um, and they have, uh, a, you know, and, and classified records, they have, you know, very, very good uh, procedures for uh, uh, acquiring those things, storing them, including class, classified records. So the archives is where the documents are supposed to go. Where I think we need a better process is with Every entity in government where they where they are handling classified information, and there's a transition from you know people being in government to being out of government or going between jobs. I mean, look, I mean, I remember what you know. I, I had a bunch of different gigs in 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 government, and I remember going from one position to another and having to pick up and, and move offices. And you know, I always had this vision in my mind that it was going to be, you know, I was going to have abundant time. I was going to go through every piece of paper and decide, okay, what stays here, what goes there. Um, thankfully, I never took classified information, you know, back to the offices I'm talking about. I always left them in a really secure facility. But, you know, so I'm just talking unclassified stuff. Like, yeah. I just remember these moments where just like, I'm out of time and I'm just tossing stuff in boxes. And I think like, okay, I'll go through it a little bit. 
You know, that's the process we need to improve in government um, without any question at all. But but I, I think I think the bigger problem here is, you know, Trump just thumbing his nose at the law and, you know, uh, and, 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 and due respect for national security. Biden and Pence have handled this completely differently than Trump. If you're Barack Obama, uh, Al Gore, Bill Clinton, George Bush, Dick Cheney, are you... All right, staff, uh, you better go through some of those shoe boxes over in the corner there. Uh, you know, I haven't touched it since I left the office. I mean, are, are they doing that now as a precaution, <laughs> do you think? I hope they are. Yeah. And, you know, this story just broke today about former VP Pence. Oh. But it sounds to me like from what I've read that basically Pence is taking that proactive approach and Pence deserves credit for that. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think that people who have served at that presidential and vice presidential level should, you know, just proactively start going through all their files, finding whatever they can, you know, hiring lawyers who are cleared to do those kind of searches and just see what they can find just to protect, you know, protect the nation's secrets. I think that that's right. Um, And, you know, be proactive about it. Um, And, you know, really, if they do it that way and they don't obstruct, they're not going to get prosecuted. When you look at the history of prosecutions in this country for mishandling classified documents, um, there is, uh, in every case, there is a knowingness to it. You knowingly retain classified documents you shouldn't. You knowingly give them to someone not authorized to see it. You knowingly sell them to the Russians. You knowingly, you know, do something like that. I haven't seen anything in the fact patterns about Biden or Pence to suggest they knew. I think these were accidents, and you don't get you don't get prosecuted for accidents. Uh, Dakota Rudisill is our guest, uh, if you're just joining us. He's assistant professor of law, Ohio State University, national security uh, law and policy, and uh, has a wide range of expertise in this uh, field here. I- I've seen from Lindsey Graham, I've seen some from John Cornyn today after the Mike Pence news broke that, well, we do have perhaps we're overclassifying. We're classifying too many things that maybe shouldn't be. Curious your response to that. Well, I think that's a good point, and that's a point that, you know, Democrats and Republicans and nonpartisan professionals have made um, uh, over the decades. I think it's absolutely true, um, you know, and I served in some of those national security positions, and, you know, <clears throat> the, the, the rules that govern classified information say that you should not classify, you know, something where you've got a lot of doubt, and, you know, you should try you avoid classification. But the practical reality of it is that people engage in defensive classification. And when they've got a question about, well, is this piece of information classified, they will classify it and then even up-classify it to higher levels defensively. And they do this, I think the good reason for it is they want to protect the nation's secrets. And so they err on the side of secrecy. I think the, you know, the less praiseworthy uh, motive, but I think a really natural one for a human being is well, okay, if I'm not careful about classified information, I could get investigated by the FBI and the Justice Department. I could get suspended from my job. I could potentially get prosecuted. And you compare that against, um, you know, uh, erring on the side of caution when, you know, 99.9 times out of 100, you're never going to get any blowback for erring on the side of of up-classifying. So that's the incentive structure, and that's the difficulty with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a well. There's a number of text messages in this one. Stood out to me, and I'll ask you, uh, yeah. uh, Tyler. Can you ask Dakota? Are staff members okay to actually view 
these classified materials. You, one of the things he had said is, you know, the staff with all this, with, these people are quite spoiled. They just hand stuff off to staff. He said the laundry <laughs> and uh, the, the classified documents. Where do you draw the line on, on, okay, this staff member gets to handle this. That's more top secret versus not. Yeah. So, so anybody at the, you know, the, the president, vice president, you know, senior cabinet member, you know, any, you know, they have staff around them that have, um, as, as we say in the biz, they've got all the tickets, meaning they've got all the accesses for classified information, uh, top secret SCI, SAPs, Q, all of it. They've got all the tickets. And so, yes, absolutely. There's, there's, their staff members have been investigated background checks, they've got all the clearances to do it. So um, I wouldn't worry about that. So the only issue we've been seeing in these cases recently is that for the former government officials, their staff members might not have current clearances because former government officials, um, you know, only get access to classified information if current government officials say that they need it. Um, and so, you know, just, you know, lawyer, you know, you mentioned Al Gore, like, a, you know, or Dan Quayle, right? Like some lawyer working for them is not probably going to have a clearance because they've got no need to have one. Right. right. Um, but so long as you're in government, the, the staff around them are going to be highly clear. I'll give you an opportunity to respond to this one in just a short amount of time. Uh, Tyler expert Jonathan Turley says there is no step by step process for declassifying documents. This guy just lied to everyone. I don't know if he's referring to you in a comment you made or Jonathan Turley, but your response to that text. <laughs> it's been a long time since someone's accusing me of lying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so yes, there is, um, there are a couple different uh, processes for declassifying documents. I won't dive into all of them, uh -huh. but um, one of them is that a, a current president of the United States, can declassify anything, almost anything, um, just with a verbal direction and a pointing to the piece of information. And then there's a whole administrative process that unfolds after that. Um, a current president, a former president cannot do that. Um, second, for you know everyone else in government, for most classified information, there are processes that they go through, senior officials who are called OCAs, original classification authorities, they need to sign off on declassifications. Another process is there's a particular process for nuclear information. Congress in statute under the Atomic Energy Act has written a particular process for declassification. So there, the president cannot just give a verbal instruction and something is declassified. And that's a potential issue in, in Trump's case because some of the stuff he had was nuclear information called Q. Um, and then there's a fourth process, which is um, basically for documents, when they come up after, it depends on the document, 10 or 15 years, um, uh, there's a process there for the National Archives, and there are a couple oversight boards, basically to comb through this stuff mm -hmm. that's just kind of naturally leering, getting to the end of its classification life, go through it and just see if there's anything that the government might want to reclassify because it's so incredibly sensitive. But the vast majority of that stuff, when it hits the end of that 10 or 15 year period, just gets declassified. Okay. So there, there are absolutely a number of processes here. Dakota, I always appreciate the fact that you answer when I uh, text or call. I, the clock's got me, my friend. Until next time, you take care of yourself, right? Hey, same to you. Anytime. All right. Uh, Dakota Rudisell, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know what? Guy's an expert. He's lived it. And now he teaches it uh, as a professor of law at Ohio State University in both national security law and public policy.
ton of text messages in to 35270. After the CBS and KFGO news, it's you and me and this microphone and your cell phone. Dakota was the only guest I had lined up for the day. We'll break this down. We'll continue a conversation about the bridge in North Fargo. We'll talk 90s versus 70s. Everything's on the table. I'm Tyler Axtus, your host. You are listening to Afternoons Live on 790 AM, 94.1 and 104.7 FM, KFGO.